Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz, and I've created this show to demystify holistic wellness one conversation at a time. You'll get to know the person behind the practice, what inspired them to express their gifts and talents the way they do, and then we'll dive into their practice for a deeper understanding. There are so many ways that we can heal ourselves and our planet. Why not play in possibility? See what resonates for you. You'll find over three years of archived shows at journeyofpossibilities.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you'll never miss a show. If you do subscribe, I'd like to ask you to rate us so that others will find our show as well. Thank you so much for that. We'll introduce today's guest right after these messages from our sponsors. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. (laughs) The funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate Geek to English for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with TechLifeBalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Hi, it's your host, Cheryl Sitz. And when I'm not doing this podcast, I enjoy offering live or remote coaching sessions to help my clients explore their possibilities. Maybe you have a physical pain and you've never really gotten to the emotional root cause. Wouldn't it be nice to be free of that? We can do that together. We can also explore what it is you really want or what's really holding you back and get rid of that too. There's lots we can do together. Contact me, CherylSitz.com. Now on with the show. Today's guest is Paula McDonald. She is an author and a speaker who received her degree in biology from the University of North Texas. Being a longtime believer in health and wellness, Paula continues to embrace all aspects of being whole. After surviving two life-threatening illnesses, more than ever, she knows the power of having a healthy spiritual, emotional, and physical connection. Her latest book, Beloved Not Broken, shares her story of picking herself up when life threw her some tough curveballs, which I'm sure we'll hear about today. She leads workshops, seminars, and retreats, and can be found speaking in various groups around the country. She is also a personal friend. We actually went through Leadership Montgomery County here in Texas together and got to know each other a little bit, and then it seems like life threw us in different directions for a while, so I'm enjoying this opportunity to reconnect. Welcome, Paula. Hi, Cheryl. It's great to see you and hear from you. Yes, it's so good to be back together again. And we both had so much going on. I'm I'm really grateful for this chance to kind of catch up. And for our listeners, possibly it'd be easier if we go back before when we met in LMC and kind of talk about what life has looked like for you that has brought you to this place where you're now writing books and speaking to groups about your message. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about what that's been for you? Sure. Um, for the main, for the most part, it's, it's, um, it's been driven by unbelievable health challenges that, of course, none of us expect or embrace, <laughs> should I say. Um, but it's that dreaded phone call that none of us want to get that, Paula, you know, you have a massive tumor in your chest. 
and your entire world just stops and everything you thought was important suddenly is not important. And you are now tunnel vision, just focused on um, what's next, what's the next test, what's the next um, diagnosis. And so that happened to me not only once, but twice. And they were uh, seven years apart, these two different massive um, chest tumors. The first one was in 2003, and I was 43 years old and very healthy. I've never smoked a day in my life. I have been a runner now for 40 years. I've always been an athlete and been that family member that's always been hyper wellness focused. In fact, after the second time this tumor situation arose, my family jokingly said, yeah, you should have been drinking and smoking like the rest of us, Paula, because none of us have had chest tumors. <laughs> wow. I know. So um, I'm, you know, went, and luckily we're here in Houston and we really truly do have the best medical care when we need it. And um, anyway, those were the first one. It was Paula, get your affairs in order. You're not going to make it through this. This is a massive tumor. We really don't know what it is. And I went to Methodist hospital and spent three days just going through nothing but tests. And um, they just are like, we don't know what this massive tumor is. About the third day after all of the testing, it was determined that they believed it was a, a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma of the thymus gland. And they were going to go in and remove it. And of course, I said, which way are you cutting my chest open? <laughs> and of course, as women, we want to know that. Yes. Men too, but um, he said, well, it's called a thoracotomy and they basically cut you front to back. And being an anatomy and physiology teacher, you know, all I'm thinking about are all of those bones and ligaments and cartilage of chest and back muscles. And then, of course, the spreading of the ribs. And I know it's probably more information than you needed, but I mean, I was just, okay, this is really going to hurt, right? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. Even though they were going to have me asleep, it was, you know, I'm thinking of all the, you know, the time. But anyway, it was basically, we just don't think you're going to make it through this surgery because this tumor is so big that we believe once this oxygen hits it, then um, your body's going to go into shock when we remove it, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, long story short, I woke up and there was this new doctor there and he's looking at me and he says, you know, hi, my name is, you know, new doctor. I was called in during your surgery because when they got you open, they thought this was a thymus tumor. And actually this thing is connected to your spinal cord. And he said, you know, you should be in a wheelchair. And I looked at him and said, sir, I was running three days ago. And then making light of the situation, he said, and, you know, sorry for you guys, but I'm just going to say this because this is what he said to me. If you'd have been a man, you'd have been in here a lot sooner because your back had to hurt, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah, you know, my back hurt me for years, but I had been a college cheerleader, a gymnast. I'm 43. It had two children. Yeah, we don't run to the doctor because your back hurts, right? And um, anyway, it was that stinking tumor growing all those years for no telling how long because that back hurt in that same spot. But anyway, long story short, I, ma I made it through the thoracotomy. He told me, you're going to have to heal up from this before we can go. And we need to do spinal cord surgery to get the, and unravel that tumor off of your spinal cord. 
And I just, I gave him what I call my, my Scarlett O'Hara moment. I just looked at him and said, I'm going to have to think about that tomorrow (laughs) because I was literally just trying to take my next breath after that. Um, My chest had been cut open. So, you know, anyway, I made it through that. I, there were two really tough surgeries, three months apart. And it took me about a year of my life to really feel like I was on top of it again, well and strong and um, right I mean, seriously, Cheryl, right at the end of that year when I was like, okay, I'm feeling great again, the rug was just whipped out from under me and my marriage of 21 years was completely over. And I mean, I was not, I didn't see it coming because really I was focused on my my recovery. And um, anyway, it was a horribly ugly thing. And I was that pitiful woman in the robe on the floor. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I have two kids. I don't want to be divorced. You know, none of us want that. But um, anyway, um, thankfully, I have a strong faith and a strong, strong base of friends. And I was able to get back up and get on the horse again. And really, that's um, wasn't too long after that, Cheryl, that I met you. Um, it's when I started, you know, I was in my single years and getting my life back on track and, um, everything was going really well until the, until 2010. And again, I got that weird and it was a fluke. I was running half marathons, had zero symptoms, ran with a doctor who here in the woodlands, who was a former classmate of mine in North Texas. We were both biology majors and he went on to become a physician and, uh, Anyway, it was just this weird bump that came up on my collarbone and he's looking at it and he's like, yeah, I just come in sometime. It may be some arthritis. And so finally one day I just, I went in and check it out because it was, you know, I was going, okay, I'm, I've had some weird health issues. Maybe this is something I really should pay attention to. And, um, he took the x-ray and he came back around the corner and I'll never forget his face. It was pale. And he said, Paula you've got to come look at your x-ray. And I just looked at him like, uh, you know, really just saying, no, no, I wanted to run. I wanted to put my shoes on and run out of there. I just knew this was not good. And I went around that corner and I looked at that x-ray and it was deja vu. Now in the left side of my chest, and this time this sucker was in my lung, in my lower left lung, and it was big. And it just looked like a big white mass. And he just kind of hugged me and he just said, you got to go back downtown. So once again, I head back down to my wonderful thoracic surgeon. And, you know, he's um, apparently been um, he, he, he just passed away a year ago and he was well, well known in Houston. He worked with DeBakey and Denton Cooley and he's just a legend. And he looked at me and he's the sweetest old man. I just love, love, love him to death. And he said, darling. I'm going to have to operate you again. <laughs> I just said, okay. So um, just a funny story about that. When they, I had such a good relationship with this doctor that I wrote on my hip in a Sharpie the night before the surgery, dear Dr. Howell, please make my scars match. <laughs> 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 and 
when I woke up, because this one was going to be on my left side. So now I was going to have two thoracotomy scars. And when I woke up, he was there and he's laughing and he said, I like where you put that note. And I said, well, I knew you'd look. And he, <laughs> he said, why on earth did you do that? And I said, I wanted your endorphins kicking in before you sliced me open again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, from that, I did end up losing my entire left lung and, um, you know, I, I made it through that surgery. And again, I, I refused all chemotherapy. I refused all radiation. I just said, cut these things out. And then, um, hopefully I can, you know, just focus on my health and, you know, toxins and all of, you know, getting rid of all of that. But from that point after, you know, the, I've always been health, um, conscious, but Cheryl from that second time and now MD Anderson, they're interested. They want to study my tumors. They want to know why is this healthy woman have these really rare, massive tumors and it is not genetically related. And I had, cause I went through all of that testing and I had one of the doctors look at me and said, I want you to go home and I want you to just look at everything in your house, your cleaners that you use, the, the lotions you use on your body every day, just look at the ingredients in those products and Google them. And then get, and then when you see the toxins, you get rid of it. And I mean, it put me on a mission because number one, I love research being a biologist. And I started just researching, researching, researching and purging my house of everything. And it was so much. I mean, I, I got angry. I feel like as consumers, we've been so duped and products that we think are safe are not safe. And, you know, of course, your skin being your largest organ, everything you put on your skin is basically absorbed to every single cell of your body in, in, in just a couple of minutes. So it, it's quite shocking. So I um, just became um, even crazier health nut. <laughs> but vowing to live the most non-toxic life without being a nut about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, I have to share with you at this point, something that a friend of mine likes to tease me about when I launched Journey of Possibilities. She said, how are you going to know when they're too far out there? Because I have all kinds of guests on this show. And I said, you know, that's the whole thing. It's a journey of possibilities. So I guess the question back to you would be, how are you going to know when you're being a nut about it? <laughs> I know that's so true. Right. I mean, you know, I'm sure that everyone has their own opinion, right? But my family, right, they've always thought I was a nut, so there's no, nothing new there. Oh, but I think if we need to be a nut about anything, you've just nailed it. It's about being more conscious about what we're putting in our mind, what we're putting in our body. Like, yes, I, I think we've kind of been asleep about all of that, you know, and it's easy to be complacent until something goes wrong and we become more aware like you're saying I mean right. I'm amazed too at the toxins that, that are in the products that are everyday products for most American families right you're, it, it's so so true and you you just absolutely hit the nail on the head for me of um, of where I've gone from 2010 in that quest of ridding the toxins and then it became more about so that was the physical side of it then it became more of the spiritual side, which I've always been a very strong believer in God and never wavered from my faith. 
but it's, it's like um, an awakening for me. What happened about, I'd say for about three years ago, I really started just seeing things. And you've probably seen it on my site where I published the, I changed my cover picture to 1111 on November 11th. Right. I started about three years ago seeing 1111. And at first you're like, okay, weird coincidence, right? (laughs) Well, then it, it just became so much, so many things that I said, this is not a coincidence anymore. I mean, I would see it on cars, on a big van that would pass me on the road that would have four 11s across the back of it going, whoa. So I remember coming home and Googling. Are other people seeing 1111? And I was amazed at the, the websites, and the, obviously lots of people are. And as I started reading and talking and sharing with other people, it really is so many believe that that is God is trying to wake us up. He is trying to get our attention on a deeper, deeper level um, because I believe technology has caused us to be so engrossed in our technology that we're missing. We're missing hearing him. We're missing the angels. We're missing all of these things. And now, but through the technology, they're able to get our attention, right? Absolutely. And you know, 1111 is my thing too. I've been seeing 11s for probably the same amount of time you have, three or four years, everywhere. (laughs) And you know what's funny, Cheryl, is a lot of people that I've read about, it's about that same time frame. Mm Mm-hmm. So I really believe in my heart that God is waking us up, that we need to be awakened and we need to be aware. And um, from this, what has happened for me is as I was writing up, because a lot of people ask me, will you please share your health and wellness tips of what you've gone through and what you're doing now? And I, I said, sure. So I started doing wellness workshops and I don't charge anything for them. It's really all about just sharing what I've learned. And I'll have about five to 10 to 15 people that either at my house or I go meet them somewhere. And I just share with them what I'm sharing with you. And um, as I was working on this last wellness workshop, I was trying to come up with a concept of, and you're in this area where we have a very strong level of health and fitness awareness, right? We've got Ironman and all these races and all of that, which they're wonderful things. But what I've noticed is a lot of people are so, they get so hyper-focused on what they're eating and so hyper-focused on the next race and they're leaving out the whole spiritual fitness. They're leaving that out. And so they're spinning their wheels and I was, I've been caught up in that myself, where all of a sudden you're just like, wait a minute, what is this all about? You can have the most wonderful health and fitness regimen, but if you don't have that spiritual connection, then you're going to crash and burn. And that's where I believe why we're seeing so many um, people that feel like they in, they need to be on so many antidepressants and they're they're depressed. They're they're just because they're they're spent. And they're not turning to that one thing that can really help them get to that grounding that they need. And so as I was working on this workshop, I was in my head trying to, I pulled up pictures of photosynthesis and, you know, the sun coming in, the plant takes it in and then puts out this oxygen and it's this beautiful, perfect 
perfect cycle, right? And if one thing we're missing out of that cycle, it's not going to work anymore. And so I, as I'm looking at this diagram to figure out how can I incorporate this thought process into my workshop, this word dropped into my lap and I wrote it down and then I went to go Google it later on and I, I Googled it and nothing came up. I thought, whoa, did I spell this wrong? I've never Googled something that nothing came up. And so I did it again, nothing. And I just went, oh my word, God, you just gave me a word and I'm supposed to write on this word. And so I immediately went and started the trademark process and it's, um, it's close to being coming out of the discovery phase. And um, the word is theosynthesis and theos meaning God. And of course, synthesizing is taking God's energy and being able to utilize that. And, um, you know, because a lot of people get real weird, um, Christians and non-Christians alike, of when they, you start talking about vibrational energy and all of that, they're like, whoa, wait a minute. But I started studying the Bible and went through, and the amount of scripture that discusses God's power, light, energy, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of them. And, um, you know, just how all of that works together, when we are connected to God, when we take our time to really connect with him, we are receiving his energy and it's there for us. So when we find ourselves completely at the end of our ropes, completely exhausted, most of the time, if we just stopped and meditated, went to prayer and just ground ourselves with him, then we become whole. And that's where this next book that I'm writing on theosynthesis, I've got about 37 chapters already outlined. And I, I wish I could just do nothing but write because it's just pouring out. And, but I just, I, of course, I've got to have a real life, right? <laughs> anyway, I just know I'm supposed to write about it and I'm supposed to share this concept um, with an unbalanced world. And, and that includes myself, you know. It's so anyway. neat that you're talking about this because one of the things that's become very obvious to me most recently more than ever is the integration of whatever we realize about ourselves in our life. So all these healing practices, all these healing ceremonies, all these different things that we can do, we have these great ahas and awarenesses come through, but if we're not bringing them into daily practice, we're not theosynthesizing, as you put it. And I love that word. That's exactly it. It's about bringing it into our everyday existence because we become what we usually do, right? So the more we can bring this into our daily life, just like if we don't exercise, if we don't eat well, if we don't honor the spirit in everything daily, then our health will suffer for it just like every other practice. I agree. Yes, you're. I mean, that is it. And that's where I think most people are missing it. I was missing it. Even though I was a believer, I didn't capture that, um, that to be completely whole, it, 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 it's so much more. It's so much more than what anybody even fathoms. And if we just know to stop and connect to him, he wants to co-create with us. He wants to, to spend time with us. And in our busy lives, we put that last. And that's when we start to really find that, that we're just spinning our wheels big time. So I'm, I'm like giddy almost about it because it's just, it's the, it's just so cool. I, I'm just so honored 
to um, even have been able to co-create. I mean, and that was the perfect example of theosynthesis, of being connected to him that he gives us. When we are connected to him, he will give us things like he wants to co-create with us. He wants to give us this, but we have to be still to be able to hear him. So I completely agree with you. Yes. And still is the very opposite of the life that most of us are living from day to day. It's anything but still. We're lucky if we, especially if we, you know, I know single moms and single dads and even couples raising children and trying to keep up with two jobs and the kids and their activities. And I mean, we live in a very busy world today. And most of my corporate friends say, well, how in the world am I supposed to create that quiet space? So what's your best answer for that? What do you say somebody asking you that? That's a great question. And that's one of the things that I, I do lead a finding your missing piece workshop. And that's P E A C E. Um, and that is really just trying to find a time and find a place in your home. And that most of the time means creating that time and creating that space. And so for me, I, love antiques. And I found, I just was going actually to lead a women's retreat. And I was headed in way, New Waverly, Texas. And I was early and there was a great little antique shop. So I zipped in. And right when I walked in, there was this little tiny wooden antique altar that looked like it came out of some neat little country church. Tiny, just enough room for a one person altar. And I went, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. And I have that and I put it in my closet. And I created my little altar space there where I can go and be quiet and be still and be by myself. And I just, I have pictures of my grandchildren and my children, my family members, you know, whatever it is that just makes me feel great and special and um, makes that a special space. And so, you know, I tell people it doesn't have to be a closet. It can be um, a tray even that you Put some of your favorite things on a tray and slide it under your desk or your bed or wherever. And you can just pull that out and you know that that's your time. And um, so my altar space has changed and grown as, you know, as I've become more um, accustomed to it. And it beckons me now. Now that it's there, it beckons me. Go. I need to be in my little space. So that's one of the things I think is just Take the time to create it and make it special for you. And then you're going to want to be there. Yes. And and Mario and I talk about this a lot, the, the value of creating a ceremony. So even if it's as simple as for this time for myself, I'm going to light a candle and everything else stops. And this is just my time. And just having that ceremonial connection with the divine for however long you give it. Is, is a very powerful thing because it tells the rest of the world to wait that this is my time and, and honoring that as a, as a daily practice. And I'm as challenged by that as anybody. And I, I slip out of practice and then a week will go by and I'll go, well, that's what's wrong with my week. I don't have a daily yeah. practice anymore. It's time to get back to that. Right. Right. Well, what else, um, what else are you up to that's kind of helping you spread the message about what you've learned and how people can live a more, balanced, truly well life. It's, it's the cleaning up your life of all toxins. And that is, of course, like we talked about earlier, the chemicals in your products and in your food. And then also the toxins that are um, 
the negative that's out there. And that could be, you know, a person in your life, or it could be a job that you absolutely do not like. And where I've come full circle for me is life is way too short. And I've come face to face with it now twice. It's just way too short to be focused on negative people who have negative energy because it wants to suck the life out of you. And so I've just really focused on, I want to do things that make me um, feel good and that uh, send a positive vibe to this world and leave, you know, a good footprint wherever I go. Um, Of course, not saying I'm perfect in, in any shape or form, but just trying to spread joy and love rather than, you know, just, you know, for example, this election that everyone is so emotionally tied to and it's time for everyone just to stop and quit looking at our differences and really look at what do we have in common and that's that we're all here breathing the same oxygen and all trying to achieve something but we don't need to we don't need to be so hard about it and negative and ugly (laughs) mean words and all of that because I am a firm believer that what you think, you know, the old saying, what you think is there you are, your negative thoughts produce negative energy that you emanate from your body. And some of the latest studies that I've been um, really reading about that's very fascinating is how they're learning from cancer studies that negative thoughts and um, stress actually goes in and destroys the DNA where it joins, you know how the DNA is a ladder, right? And it's got the two rungs and the ladder. That actually, where that's connected, that's where negative energy and stress go in and destroy and start causing malformations in that DNA. Wow! It's just mm-hmm. as toxic as the chemicals in your food and in your products. And it's scientifically, they're showing it. And it's it's just fascinating. So, you know, we really do need to be mindful of what we think and what comes out of our mouths because it does affect us. And, you know, we all know that when we're around someone who is very negative, you feel it, right? You say, oh, I got a weird vibe from that person. Well, you really, truly did. I mean, that that is a, a true manifestation and the same and the opposite's true too about being around positive people. You're attracted to them. You want to be around them. And typically, positive people bounce back from um, crises in their lives uh, much better than somebody who just hangs on to it. And of course, there is always a time for for grief and mourning and all of that. I'm not saying that you have to be this happy, happy person all the time, but it's learning how to deal with that and then let it go and then move forward. I agree with you about that completely. So it seems like you have some really bright, empowering messages for people to hear. Do you have any events? How can people work with you? How can they get more if they want to know more about your books, more about your presentations? You said you do workshops, retreats. Have you got anything coming up? I've got some uh, women's retreats coming up. They're um, private events, um, but I'm always open. And that's how it's happened now. When I wrote my book, beloved, not broken. I didn't anticipate that that would open a door for me leading retreats, but people, women would read that and say, Oh my gosh, this would be a great 
topic for a women's retreat. Would you do that for us? Okay. <laughs> so I took the contents and the stories in the book and just crunched it to, you know, a format from a Friday night to a Sunday morning type format. And it's just been really, it's been well received and it's been fun to do. And so I really, I don't advertise a ton about it. It's been more word of mouth. So, you know, doing, when you asked me to speak on, on your show, of course I was honored and, um, but somebody may hear it and think, yeah, I've got a group of women. I need a women's retreat and I've done them with churches and I've also done private ones where, you know, a group of women rented a beautiful beach house in Galveston and we went and we escaped for the weekend and we got real and we got honest and we let lots of things go. And I, that's where I feel like there's a lot of people. I would have so many women say, I need to do that. I need to do that, but I just can't. I just either, I don't want to spend the money or I just can't fit it into my schedule. And I'm like, look, I'm not just trying here to make some money here, but if you know you need to go, then your heart is telling you, you've got to give this as a gift to yourself. And I actually did have one woman whose boyfriend um, went and paid for her secretly, said, I don't want her to ever know who paid, but I know she needs to go to this. He saw something on Facebook about it or heard her talk about it. So that's where I really feel um, so excited about all of this is, is doing uh, re- retreats. Um, speaking engagements has been another thing I didn't anticipate. And um, so I've been doing some book signings. It's been fun. So really, and just the workshops, the wellness workshops or the finding your missing piece and just teaching people about quiet time and meditation and that, you know, that creating a, a, a sacred space for yourself. And I know what you do, um, your journeys, that is something that I just learned about probably about three years ago. And I was really scared to even embark on one, but wow, I just, I think it's awesome that you're doing that sort of thing because I think you're seeing that too. People are needing something more. They need it. They know they need it at a, you know, down in their core because, you know, we are created in the image of God. And therefore when we put him aside, we start falling apart because we know we need to fill that with him rather than all this other stuff that we think we need to fill it with. So, yes. And I, I believe what you're referring to is the plant ceremonies that we sometimes facilitate. We just got back from Peru and yes, that is one powerful way to do it. I also do coaching because a lot of people, the plant medicine doesn't resonate, but at the core of everything that I do is the divine. It's about balancing heart, soul, mind, and body. And whatever path resonates, we're all so ready to come into that balanced place. And I think it's great that you're doing what you're doing and we're doing, and we're all doing it in a little bit different way because different things are going to resonate for different people. But I'm so glad so many of us are, are feeling that call and honoring that call to do it. And I love that you've managed to take a couple of really intense illnesses and and a really difficult time that might shut down some people and really turn that around and use it to help spread a broader message to people about what health really means. I just honor you for that. I like to end my shows by asking my guests if you have a parting thought. So Paula, do you have a parting thought for us today? I do. And it's what the, what I started putting on my business card and my little life motto, um, 
since my um, two brushes with death, and it's just basically, have you, I ask this question, I leave it with everyone, of have you fully lived today? And that means lots of things of really what does living mean? What does it mean to really be alive and not just go through the motions? So perfect. You know, and no matter how much I live, how big I live, I think I could live bigger. So I think I Absolutely. Would, <laughs> that would be a hard question to just go, yeah, I've done it because there's always something else. And uh, what is that saying? Uh, some people may go out tired and whatever. I'm going to go out kicking and screaming when I finally go out. Still there not done. <laughs> yeah, because there's so much to do, right? Yes. Yes, to live. Absolutely. And to enjoy every moment and see the gift in every moment. I agree. Thank you so much for being with us, Paula. I really enjoyed this. And what website would you like people to find you on? They can go to um, www.belovednotnotbroken.com. And there you can find a lot of what I do. Just everything from my essential oils, which that has been a big healer for me, um, to you know what I do as far as my writing and workshops and things like that. And they can reach me that way too. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. I'm honored. Appreciate it so much. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.